Welcome to Santa Barbara Talks with Josh Molina. I'm doing an intro today. I want to tell you a little bit about my guest, Mary Lynn Harms Romo. She's the senior marketing manager for Paseo Nuevo. And Mary Lynn and I sat down this week to talk about all things Paseo Nuevo, including the departure of Nordstrom, the plan for the Ortega building, formerly called Macy's and how Paseo Nuevo plans to fit in with the overall scheme of downtown as everybody's looking to figure out ways to revitalize the area. Now, Mary Lynn and I had a great conversation. There's just one thing. While we were talking, there was some construction going on a little bit in the background. So you might hear a little bit of uh, the jackhammers, uh, just maybe, depending on how loud you're listening to it. But it's perfect backdrop, actually, because Paseo Nuevo is doing a lot of investments right now into its property, and uh, about $20 million worth, which is what she's going to talk about. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Mary Lynn Harms Romo. This is actually the 16th podcast that I've done. We've been up and running just for about two and a half weeks now, and it's really taking off. If you're interested in sponsoring, shoot me an email at josh at santabarbaratalks.com. And I hope you enjoy this podcast brought to you by Kiva Cowork. Welcome to Santa Barbara Talks with Josh Molina. I'm here today with Mary Lynn Harms Romo, Senior Marketing Director for Paseo Nuevo. How are you today, Mary Lynn? Doing good, Josh. Thanks for having me today. Oh, it's my pleasure. I wanted to dive right in and talk to you about what's going on with Nordstrom. We've had some stories in the news about Nordstrom unfortunately leaving, and I thought that would be a good jumping off point. Tell us about Nordstrom leaving and what it sort of means for Paseo Nuevo in the bigger picture. You bet. Yeah, that's uh, definitely a hot topic right now and an unfortunate result of COVID, um, unfortunately. Uh, the rumors about Nordstrom leaving, as far as I can remember, started about the same time that Saks closed and that that was the beginning of the end of the department store. But um, honestly, you know, Nordstrom is a different type of department store. And throughout those last, you know, five or six years, they have really stood the test of time and being able to um, adapt to the new change in retail. And so, uh, you know, the rumors had been swirling, but Nordstrom had kept promising us that they weren't going to close, that their store was not on the list of closures, even though they do close some stores each year. Uh, but, you know, that was the case up until February of this year. And then when COVID hit, um, as a company, Nordstrom just needed to look at their company and decide where they could cut to survive. And unfortunately, our store is one of those stores. Um, <clears throat> Nordstrom is 116 stores, which is kind of a small department store company. Um, and for them to close 16 is fairly significant for them. But, you know, I understand it. It's a process that they needed to do to make their company lean to be able to survive what is going on. And even though Santa Barbara maybe not hit as much with COVID as other places in the country, they have locations in other places that are hit really hard too. So um, it's unfortunate, um, but anytime we lose a tenant, it's an opportunity. Um, and so we'll look at this as an opportunity similar to what we did with the um, closure of Macy's and uh, what we now call the Ortega building. 
Um, Macy's owned the building, so it took us about a year to purchase that. So I can imagine the same process happening with the Nordstrom building um, once they do vacate. Um, it'll probably be a bit of a process to be able to gain control of that building or that space, and then we'll be looking at what we can do to, re to adapt it. You know, I have so many fond memories of Nordstrom. It's been around a long time. I remember going there probably 20 years ago. I don't know how long Nordstrom has been here. I guess when the mm -hmm. mall was first created. But yeah. It was such a nice space. I mean, just going up the escalator and experiencing all of those various products and, you know, the clothing. And then once I had kids and buying my uh, kids' shoes there, it's, a, it's such a great space. Mm -hmm. uh, what has Nordstrom meant to this mall in terms of its identity. Uh, I feel like if we lose that anchor tenant, the mall becomes sort of a different kind of a, a feel or destination. But what has it meant historically to this mall? Yeah, so you're right. Nordstrom was built with a shopping center back in 1990. So that was 30 years ago. Um, they've been, they were planning to celebrate their 30th anniversary along with us in August. Um, so yeah, it's been definitely a staple of downtown and an anchor of Pasan Nuevo. Um, but, you know, the difference with Nordstrom is that it did give you a bit of a luxury feel for a department store, unlike, let's say, a Macy's or a Sears or those types of um, more moderate priced department store. Um, but they also had an elevated element of service, which I think is something that still lacks in a small retail, let alone department stores. Um, and so I think that's what's really made them successful this whole time while they've been in Santa Barbara. There is a customer base here that really enjoys that and relies on it and seeks it out. Um, and that's been their strong customer base this whole time. So what does this mean for the mall going forward? We know that the city of Santa Barbara, Pasao Nuevo, are involved in, I guess, um, maybe at the end stage, or you could help me understand, mm -hmm. a long-term lease agreement. So can yeah. you walk me through what is the lease agreement about and what, what it, will it mean for people who uh, come to Pasao Nuevo? Got it. So yeah, uh, that's a great question. Uh, so what it is is actually a development agreement. We currently have a ground lease with the city that was initiated when the shopping center was built under the redevelopment agency back in 1990, so it was 30 years ago. Uh, that lease, um, ground lease with the city back then was for 75 years. So no matter what, that lease is still in effect until 2065. So what this development agreement would do is it enhances that contract with the city where they run concurrently. So once this development agreement is executed with the city, it'll um, give more benefits to the city as well as to Paseo Nuevo during the next length of the term to the end, which is 2065. So they would run concurrently. The development agreement is concurrent with the existing lease that ends in 2065. Um, so what this means is that um, the ground lease is actually under the redevelopment agency was the Macy's building, the Nordstrom building, as well as all the buildings in between that belong to Paseo Nuevo. Mm -hmm. Now there's a lot of other building owners and even ground leases on these two blocks. So it's not just us, there are other uh, agreements in play that are on these two blocks. But what we're talking about right now with the city um, is just the main area in between Nordstrom and Macy's. So. Um, this development agreement uh, has actually been in the works for about two years. 
Um, it is a negotiation between us and the city, and it's to the benefit of both parties. So uh, what that means is that the city has said, here's the things that we would like to see from you over the next course of these 46 years. Um, and then here's what Paseo Nuevo would like to get from the city, which is the option to extend the term at the end. So it's not extending the term currently, it's at the end if all of the demands are met and in agreement and in coordination with the city, could we have the option to extend? So that's currently where we're at. Um, like I said, it's been two years in the making. Um, it's been a negotiation between us and the city during this whole time. And we are now towards hopefully what we think is the end. It will go to the planning commission uh, for a hearing sometime here in the near future and then back to city council for final approval. What is the $20 million about? What does that entail when we hear that yeah. the Cerro Nuevo will be investing $20 million into the mall? What exactly is that? Is that the construction that we hear yes, right now? Right now. What, <laughs> could you walk us through what that means? Right. So uh, the renovation is essentially what spurred this development agreement. Um, in order for the private investors of Paseo Nueva to invest $20 million into the property, they wanted to guarantee the opportunity to have an, a longer lease with the city. And so that's basically your return on investment. So that's kind of what spurred this whole uh, project to begin with. Um, what we are doing currently to the shopping center, again, like I said, it's 30 years old. It's time for renovation. Um, and there were significant things for, with the infrastructure that needed to be addressed, and those have now, for the most part, all been addressed. Uh, we started construction in April of last year. Um, and now we're down probably to the last month or two, uh, just finishing the final touches. So, uh, like I said, the majority of it, you know, it's a $20 million investment. About 30% of that is infrastructure. Uh, everything from stormwater drainage to um, new electrical and new flooring. Um, and then the other components are um, more decorative things like seating and things that the public will be able to enjoy, having enhanced lighting, safer environment. Um, communal games is one thing that we have planned for the future, although things change a little bit now with COVID, so we have to kind of look at that. Um, as well as uh, we set aside some money for some public art projects that we're um, implementing as well, too. Would these be things that you'd have to do anyway? Um, it's just the mall's age. Uh, I guess, how does it factor into the lease, the development agreement with yeah. the city if it's something Purcell Novo would need to do anyway to stay viable? So you could um, continue to maintain the property without having to go through such a significant development as we're doing right now, but it would eventually need to be done. Uh, so one of the major things, you know, a lot of our uh, drainage here needed to be fixed or upgraded. But because of the stormwater restrictions in the state and the city and the county, uh, if we disrupted more than 500 square feet of ground, we needed to implement a stormwater drainage. So now what exists is from Nordstrom all the way down to uh, the Macy's building is a full stormwater drainage system. And then there's this gigantic pit down there that takes all that water, purifies it. Some of it we'll be able to use to water our landscaping here. The rest of it is, is now ready to go into the creek system that can go out to the ocean. Mm -hmm. But that is a, was a huge and significant cost to us, and it was not something you could just do in pieces. It either had to all be done at once, or 
you just couldn't disrupt more than 500 square feet, and then what would really be the point of doing a major renovation? Yeah. So help me understand, this is for, this is a development agreement that does not involve Nordstrom or the Ortega building. Correct. Okay? So are those on separate tracks, and who's making yes. those decisions about what's going to occupy those buildings eventually? You bet. Uh, so what the Macy's building and the Nordstrom building, those are on separate ground re ground leases with the Paseo Nueva, what we'll call, let's say, the main mall, the area in between. When the shopping center was built as a development project with redevelopment agency, all three of those are partners with the city. Now, when Macy's left, they owned their building and they were in that agreement with us and with the city. When we purchase the building, we now become that partner for the city with that parcel. Now, that could also be the same situation that happens with Nordstrom. That's yet to be seen. But so taking three parties before where we had Nordstrom, us, and Macy's, now Paseo Nuevo and Macy's are one, and now we still have Nordstrom left. So depending on what happens with that, that could become part of um, the rest of the shopping center, and then now it'll just be one ground lease instead of three separate ones. But no matter what, it's always still going to be in um, partnership with the city because it's the city's ground, um, and that's what's part of the ground lease. So because they're separate, um, we have control over the Macy's building ground lease, and we have control over the Paseo Nueva ground lease, but the development that we're doing right now is only specifically for the main mall, which is the in-between of those two um, anchors. And are there any ideas or anything you can share about what eventually could be at the Ortega building? Do you hear all kinds of ideas? You know, we heard way back when Target should go into there. We heard that mm -hmm. maybe it should be a bowling alley, or maybe we heard housing. Mm -hmm. What sort of things could eventually, or being entertained, for, for that site, for that building. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so when we acquired the building, we went ahead and started a survey process, uh, both out to the public, but also internally. And so one of the, what that means is that we were able to get inside the building, we were able to survey it, survey it and understand what its capabilities are as is, or what its capabilities might be if it was torn down and rebuilt. Uh, there is a parking garage under there, so that presents a bit of a problem. <laughs> um, but the other survey was out to, the, to our community, out to our consumers, and it was, what would you like to see there? And we did over, a, we had over a thousand respondents uh, last year alone, and those results really showed that our residents, and mostly downtown zip codes, wanted to see entertainment, retail, and restaurants. Um, so it kind of gave us a little bit of direction. Now it's a big building, it can certainly hold multiple tenants, and so that's kind of what we're looking at. How can we reuse it in a purpose that benefits downtown, benefits the community, and benefits Paseo Nuevo? So it could be in the future a mix of um, retail, restaurant, office space, entertainment, all of those things. So what we've been doing since then is kind of, you know, it's also kind of like putting a puzzle together because you get one tenant who's super interested in this spot. Now that means we have to figure out how to use the rest of the space on that floor or the floors above it in order to make everybody fit together. Um, and obviously that building was built for one tenant. It's got three doors on the ground floor. 
so we have to be able to look at how it can be accessible for multiple tenants. And that would include creating more storefronts, probably on the, on the street level. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, creating some sort of infrastructure inside to um, get to the second and third levels. Is housing ever a possibility at Paseo Nuevo, either mm-hmm. where the shops are now or on a second level or story? Is, is that yeah. something that is a realistic? Absolutely. We yeah. have looked at housing in multiple uh, locations here, uh, the Ortega building or the old Macy's building being one of them. And it really did not provide good housing. The building itself has constraints that would make it Yes, you could put housing in there, but it wouldn't be ideal. And it's a very big, blocky building. <laughs> it takes up an entire block. Uh, it's, um, it wouldn't allow a lot of natural lighting. Um, the floors are, very, are not very tall. So in order to put in the, you know, the plumbing and the HVAC that you would need to um, accommodate multiple units, you would lose some of that height in between floors. So you may have short ceilings. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also seismic and ADA issues that if we were try to try to use reuse the current building for housing, we could not find a way that would make it appealing to work. Uh, but we've also looked at other opportunities. Um, you know, originally it, we had this thought that we could put housing um, on a fourth floor of the Ortega building, but there are high, high restrictions in Santa Barbara. Um, I understand that that's being discussed to change and that's um, very inspiring. Uh, that was a decision that we had to kind of pass up on almost two years ago. So um, we're continuing to look at it, uh, housing. We've looked at it on other buildings. For example, this building we're in right now, um, part of our parking deck. We looked at it here. And again, there's some seismic issues because of the parking garage, um, as well as the uh, building across where we have two stories there too. Um, so we've looked at it in a couple different locations. We have not yet found an ideal location. But um, our company, Pacific Retail, has about 12 properties throughout the United States, and they have housing and other properties. They know how to do it. They um, are interested, and they see the value that it brings to a shopping center or a lifestyle center. So if there's an opportunity for us to do that here, we'll find it. What do you say to those critics who say the mall was great for its time, but it needs to be re-envisioned that... We know people shop differently. We've seen the State Street storefronts suffer without these big anchor tenants for now. Mm-hmm. What's going to drive people to the mall? What would you say to those people who feel like Paseo Nuevo's time has passed in terms of being a viable downtown destination? Mm-hmm. As a resident of Santa Barbara for 20 years, it's not just a shopping center. Mm-hmm. It is a community hub. We provide an opportunity for our local organizations to use the space as they would any other community or downtown square. Um, We pride ourselves on being a partner in the community with other nonprofits and with other businesses to be able to be that community hub. So we don't want it to, I don't want it to be looked at as just a shopping center. It is a place where people can gather and enjoy the difference between Paseo Nuevo and State Street is it is private property. So the benefits of being private property is we have 24-7 security. Mm-hmm. So that kind of changes the environment from when you are on State Street and you walk into Paseo Nuevo. The environment's slightly different. We also have a full housekeeping staff that was here cleaning 
every day, all day long. So, you know, our trash is always cleaned out. The sidewalks are always free of debris. Uh, so it is a different environment. Um, and that's what we want people to recognize with the San Nuevo. We are an anchor of State Street. You can consider us the anchor of State Street. And we want to be able to provide the shopping center as a community hub for people to just come and enjoy, to feel safe here, to be able to shop or dine if they wish to, go see a movie, whatever that may be, or come and enjoy a free event, whether it be watching Fiesta performances or a film festival event. No performances this year. No, right. no. <laughs> um, I know. I do have to say one of my favorite things about Paseo Nuevo is during the holiday season, because mm -hmm. I have two kids, and the, the snowfall, yeah. which is like five and six during that period, yeah. that is the coolest thing ever. It's like the, it's a million bubbles, and it feels <laughs> like snow, yeah. and the people gather, and it's just, there's something so cool about having that, those bubbles like hit your face, and, exactly. and then they get all over you, and it feels a little bit like... A little bit of a winter in Santa Barbara. Absolutely. Is that your idea or how did that come about? No, no? I cannot take credit <laughs> for that idea. However, uh, born and raised in Nebraska, so I know what winter is like. This is so much more enjoyable. <laughs> um, and we have been doing uh, our snowfall shows here. I think this will be our fifth year going into uh, this holiday season. And still, every night at 6 o'clock, I go out and watch. Mm -hmm. Because it is. It's magical. And it's something that you can't see. And it's the most fun watching people experience it and watching little kids, even pets experiencing it. And at the end, how everybody goes, oh, and then they clap. And it's just like, it, it's like the, the best end to my day ever. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool because it's people of all ages, too. Uh -huh. It's not just kids. and There's teenagers who come. And there's just people of multiple generations who really enjoy that in their yeah. own way. So whatever happens, make sure you work that into your development. <laughs> we we're still doing that. Absolutely. It's one of the highlights of the year. Um, you know, and it's, it's also super fun to watch people who didn't know what was going to happen walk into it and experience like, what's that? it. What's like, yeah. Or they'll just be like, what are every, why is everybody standing around waiting for something? And I'll be like, just wait. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's the best part of the whole year. So let's talk about State Street. We're sort of at this historic time because the city, because of the COVID-19 pandemic mm -hmm. and trying to accommodate restaurants, has decided to close State Street about nine blocks. They say it's a temporary closure. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll see how it plays out. But what is your take? Uh, Paseo Nuevo facing State Street right here. Do you have a perspective on the city closing State Street to cars, opening it up to pedestrians? Yeah. Um, yes, we love it. We think it's a great idea. Um, going back to 30 years ago, Paseo Nuevo was the original closure of a downtown street to pedestrian only. You know, De La Guerra used to cut right through. Now it was closed down to pedestrian only. So uh, we are all for it. Having seen the amount of people that were engaging and excited about it this last weekend, I think is amazing too. Going back in my history um, in being downtown, uh, previously working for the downtown organization, I know and have heard other businesses that are on State Street who are for it and those who are against it. Um, but I've also seen and heard customers, residents, tourists who would have never experienced something on State Street if they hadn't walked by it. You can't have that same experience by driving on it. 
Um, I remember hearing two residents just right out at State Street, right at the edge of our property, walk by and say, I didn't know that was here. I never walked this block. <laughs> you know, and uh, gosh, who only knows how long that they've lived here. Um, you, the, some of the, what I know from my past um, at the downtown organization was that some of the retailers on State Street didn't think that they would get um, enough visibility not having cars on State Street. But if you think about it, if I think about how I use State Street, you gotta pay attention. <laughs> there's a light at every half block, yeah. there's people, there's bikes, you gotta pay attention to driving. You don't have time to really be window shopping on what's on the other side of the street. And you can't park on State Street anyway. So even if you do drive it and you get a sense of what's there, you still have to pull off and park and walk to your destination. So um, anyway, I think it's a fabulous idea. We're very supportive of it. Um, we think that based on what we saw last weekend, residents are supportive of it too. And if it gives everybody the space that they need to get through this pandemic, I think that that's a great idea too. Do you want it to be permanently closed? Um, I think yes. I think yes. Now, whether it needs to be the whole stretch that they have currently, I don't know. Um, I know there's also some things that need to be worked out as far as um, you know, deliveries in the morning and those types of things, logistics that I'm sure need to be worked out. But I could see definitely larger sections of it being closed off to make it more pedestrian friendly and to get people to come downtown. Does Paseo Novo, do, do you feel like it's competition with State Street if State Street's open? Mm -hmm. And we know that Paseo Novo's got this great open air sort of feel and people can walk around. Yeah. Is there any possibility that people will just stay on State Street and not eventually make it to the mall because um, they can wander in other places? Is that Does that come up at all? No, I don't think so. Um, I'm not too concerned about that myself. Uh, before I moved here, I came down, came to visit, check out Santa Barbara. I walked up and down State Street like four times looking for the mall mm -hmm. and I couldn't find it. I didn't realize you had to walk off of State Street and go in. It wasn't until I came across Macy's and went, oh, you go back there, and then there's all these other stores. Um, I think to the average tourist especially, they don't see a difference between State Street and Paseo Nuevo. Mm -hmm. In fact, um, you know, most of the time in the summer, previous summers, uh, we get a lot of guests coming to ask us, tourist questions like how do we get to the mission mm. which way is the beach yeah. um, they don't know the difference that they're in Paseo Nuevo or that they're on State Street yeah. so yeah I don't think that's going to be an issue bigger picture Santa Barbara the downtown has been dealing with the effects of people shopping differently mm -hmm. we know that we've had a lot of retail storefront vacancies and then after COVID-19, obviously everything got exacerbated greatly. Yeah. What are sort of your thoughts on how Santa Barbara and this community can get past this problem that we've been having where we're seeing fewer tourists shop downtown, yeah. uh, we're seeing seemingly less popular, these big, big brands like Nordstrom and Macy's, what are your thoughts on how Santa Barbara can revitalize uh, downtown and the shopping experience? Yeah, um, you know, I think it does need to be a mix because when a guest comes to Santa Barbara and they don't know what the local stores are, but they recognize a brand name like The Gap, let's say, 
then they at least know where to go to start. But then maybe when they're here, they run into Evangelina Boutique, which is a local um, boutique. So I think it needs to be a mix um, of national retailers as well as local and regional. Currently, we have a, almost 50% local and regional uh, tenants. So that mix works really well. Um, I think with State Street, same thing. But the key is that our residents need to support our downtown. And I get a lot of mixed feelings where residents say, downtown needs to be for locals. Meanwhile, they don't want to come down to shop. So if, you, if, if we don't have our locals shopping downtown, we can't rely on tourism, especially now after COVID, we won't survive, whether you're a local or a national. So it needs to be a mix, I think, to create the shopping environment that people are looking for. But if we don't support it as locals, it's not going to survive. Retail was hard before COVID. We all know that. State Street was tough. Uh, retail was tough. But, um, you know, two months ago, I would have said that the experience that we're creating right now with our redevelopment is what we believe is the next wave of shopping centers creating that experience, but now that experience is going to change because we can't have large gatherings of events, um, or at least not now. So we all need to be thinking about that and how do we support our local downtown, our business district, our retailers, and our restaurants through this time. You hear a lot of people talk about we need more experiential types of activities downtown. And you know, we have that virtual reality place mm -hmm. that was looked like it was popular before yeah. COVID-19. That I think it's um, an escape room that's downtown. Yes, uh -huh. and, and so what do you think of those types of places that draw people down for reasons other than maybe traditional retail shopping? Absolutely, I think that works well. I mean, looking at our past entertainment um, options downtown, let's say in the theater district with the Granada or the Libero, um, even our movie theaters, like it needs to be a combination. There needs to be things for people to do. And if we continue to build more housing downtown, people want to live downtown because they want to be near things to do. So we need to be able to keep a balance in mind of what our housing you know, residents will want to do because they are choosing to live downtown. Um, one of the uh, things that we've been working on literally for two years now is uh, trying to work with uh, UCSB's Allosphere. And if you've never experienced that, it's an amazing um, virtual reality uh, entertainment for the 21st century. It's, um, it's a completely new experience, which I think is kind of the wave of the future of entertainment. We've been trying to find them the perfect home. They have specific needs, and we're trying to find them the perfect home here downtown. Um, you know, things like that, it, it needs to be unique. Now, COVID has taken effect, and this is going to put a strain on, let's say, theaters, where they're going to need to um, create social distancing, at least for a certain period of time. Um, so we need to, that needs to be looked at now. Like, how can you adapt and still be successful? So as we wrap up here, can you talk a little bit about your vision for Paseo Nuevo, okay? Mm -hmm. um, where are we headed? Where's it gonna be? Best case scenario, two years from now, five years from now, 46 years from now. <laughs> um, what is Paseo Nuevo gonna look like in your sort of um, ideal 
perspective going forward. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this renovation, I am amazed every day as we come to the end how beautiful things are coming together. Uh, we still have that very classic Spanish um, architectural feel to it, but it's fresh. It's a little bit fresher. And, um, you know, when I see them putting in a new light, I'm like in awe. I think this is so beautiful. I can't wait for everybody to see it. When we officially reopen, I think the public will be amazed at how much we have gotten done. Um, and they'll start to see, you know, I, I swear much of last year was really implementing things that people will never see again. They're underground. They were totally necessary. They cost a lot of money, but nobody will ever see it. But now that we're getting down to the end when we're putting in um, new Spanish tile and new lighting, it's going to be so much more beautiful for people to experience. They will notice a difference when they walk off State Street and they walk into Paseo Nuevo. Um, we hope to have the ability to bring back our signature events as well as our community events um, when we can because those are all free to the community. We've always done free events here, uh, whether it be our monthly playdates for families or our annual fashion show. We've done a college night out for kids every year. When we can redo those things again with a new shopping center, it will again be the community center that I envision and that I hope our community will appreciate. Great. Well, I really appreciate uh, your time um, talking about the sale of today. Thanks, Marilyn. You bet. Thank you. Okay. Take care.